Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson where I'm going to try and answer as many of your questions as I possibly can. I hope that I'm able to do it. It is a fun time for me to spend some time on a Saturday morning just learning a little bit of English with you. Wait, that's not true, is it? I'm not actually learning English. You're learning English. It's fun for me to spend some time on a Saturday morning teaching you some English and it's hopefully fun for you to be here learning some English. So, it's good to see all of you. I see Madi and Panthera Nori and Lolly Lolly and Modine and Sam the Taiwanese. So many familiar names in the chat. Samuel Chen is here. Uh Huang Vu is here. It is cool to see all of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking a little bit of time to improve yourself in a way. To improve your knowledge of the English language. A few rules though before we start. You can tell I'm a real teacher in real life because I always have rules, don't I? (laughs) Yes, there are some rules for this live English live stream. Um first of all, uh live English live stream. That's a a couple times saying live, isn't it? First, rule number one, please keep the chat in English only. I like the chat to be an area where you can practice reading and writing English. So, it's me teaching English but you also having conversations. If you have a question, Todd and Dave and Nightbot will share a link to a form. Please use that form to ask your question um because it just gets a little too difficult for me to answer them directly from the chat. In fact, there are already questions right now. Let me get started with those. Let me just adjust something here. Um what have I done? I've clicked the wrong button again. Not really but sometimes I click things and then I have to wait a moment before I can change something. So, give me a sec here. Maybe I'll do a little audio check one more time and we'll see. It sounds like everything is working great. So, here we go. First question is from Athanasios. Hi, Athanasios. I hope everything is nice over there in Greece today. Hello, dear teacher. How are you today? Uh, I have the word bootleg and the word smuggling for today. Thanks a lot. So, A bootleg is like a fake version of something. A long time ago, you could get a bootleg copy of an album from a band. So, maybe when they were playing a song live somewhere, someone would record it and they would create a bootleg copy. So, it's like an illegal copy. Um and smuggling is whenever you transport something across a border and the authorities are not aware of it. So, smuggling and bootlegging are both illegal. You should not do either of them. Um thanks for the question Athanasios. We has the next question. Hi, we. Good morning, teacher Bob. How are you? I'm good. What is the difference between edit and revise? Thank you. They are very similar. If I write something before I hand it in or before I have someone else look at it, I usually edit it or I revise it. So, they mean the same thing. It means to read over it one more time. It means to make corrections. It means to change some of the sentence structure or to add or remove sentences. So, edit and revise I would say are almost exactly the same. Thanks for the question, we. Um Luke says, hi, Bob. Could you use the words platitude and pushback in example sentences? So, first of all, the word platitude. So, a platitude, I'm gonna look it up to make sure I have the correct meaning. Even English speakers have to look words up once in a while. Uh, A remark or statement especially one with a moral content that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. So, a platitude is when you 
continually say things like smoking is bad for you on those types of things. It's not a common word, okay? You might read it in a news article but it's not a word I have used in everyday speech ever, okay? Pushback on the other hand, I have used. When you give someone pushback, it means that they want you to do something and you find ways to say no. You are not physically pushing back at them but you are verbally pushing back. So, sometimes when my boss asks me to do things, I give him some pushback. If he asks me to do if he asks me to do something that I think is unreasonable, I might say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not that's not something that's part of my job. I'll give him some pushback. Again, I don't phys- I keep doing this. I don't physically push him but I would maybe have a conversation or discussion with him where I push back. I give him some pushback. Uh Renata says, do sing on key and carry a tune mean the same thing? Thanks, Bob. Have a wonderful weekend. So, I can't sing on key. I can't carry a tune. Um for some reason, I have a lot of talents in some areas and then no talents in other areas. I am not a good singer. When I sing, I can't sing on key. I can't carry a tune. So, they do mean the same thing. Um I can sing when I'm by myself. It just doesn't sound very good uh because the notes are all wrong. Um I think I can actually whistle on key though. I think like that's whistling. I think I can whistle on key but I haven't really practiced that a lot. Let's see here. Next question is from Margaretha. Margaretha says, hi teacher Bob. Please explain how to use the verb to straddle and what's the difference between unjust and unfair. Thank you. Best wishes from Ukraine. So, when you straddle something Physically, it means one leg goes on each side of it. So, when you get on a horse, you straddle the horse. When you climb over a fence, you end up straddling the fence as you climb over it. But we also use this word to talk about doing two things at once. You know, sometimes in my job, I have to straddle between teaching as well as lesson planning before I teach. So, it kind of means that you can physically straddle something but you can also um straddle things figuratively in real life. And then unjust and unfair are exactly the same thing. Yes, if something is unfair, you could also say that it's unjust. Now, unjust has a little more of a legal element to it. It sounds more serious. Um you know, children can say, oh, that's not fair. That's unfair. You're not a fair uh parent but they probably wouldn't use unjust. But if I was annoyed with someone in in life, and I had a legal reason, I could say they did something that was unjust to me. So, it's a little more serious but they do definitely mean the same thing. Let's see here. Um Donnie has the next question. Let me just check my audio one more time everybody just to make sure. Sounds pretty good I think. Um next question is from Donnie. How's it going? Bob the walker. Yes, I do walk. I actually walk quite a bit. I've already walked today. I went for a one hour walk this morning. I was up relatively early so I thought I would go for a walk. How was your Black Friday? Some hidden gifts out there. I didn't buy anything yesterday on Black Friday. By the way, Black Friday is the Friday of American Thanksgiving and it is a day where there are a lot of things on sale in a lot of stores as well as online. It's a day where people do tend to buy a lot of things. I didn't buy anything on Black Friday. Um 
Yeah, that's not true. I did buy a desk for my son but it wasn't on sale. So, uh please help me. I see the word ain't in lyrics. In what situations do you use it? Um well, ain't is the same as isn't. Like he isn't good at playing the guitar. He ain't good at playing the guitar or you could say I'm not going to do that or I ain't going to do that. It's kind of a slang word. Um you can say things too like like he ain't very good at that or he isn't very good at that. It sounds funny when I say it. I don't use the word ain't a lot. You will hear it a lot though and it certainly just means it's the negative form of to do something. So, or to be, sorry. Let's see here. Andrea says, what is the difference between argue and discuss? Thank you. So, an argument like if I was to kind of compare them like this, this is a discussion. It's a relatively peaceful and calm conversation between two people who might disagree a little bit. An argument is usually a little more heated or a little more uh what would I say aggressive. People don't raise their voices all the time during an argument but they might. So, a discussion is you know Jen and I will discuss what Christmas gifts to buy our children um but if we disagreed we might start to argue about it. In a discussion, you can also disagree but you're usually very calm and 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 peaceful about it. So, it's just to the degree of how emotional you are during the discussion. Let's see here. Justin Trudeau is here. Amazing. The Prime Minister of Canada is in my live stream or maybe it's just someone using his name. I love Canada. I hope one day to visit your country. No, I hope one day you visit my country. So, I think you're saying Justin that you would like me to visit your country. Uh, maybe someday. Um it depends what country you're from. Although, if you are Justin Trudeau, you're from the same country as me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Franco. Hello, Bob. I have a doubt with these prepositions. Mad at you and mad to you. Which one should I use? The first one. The second one does not sound familiar to me but I can be mad at you. If you say something mean about me, if you do something that hurts my feelings, I would say I'm mad at you. It simply means I am angry with you. I am mad at you. Um we wouldn't use the second one though. It doesn't sound like a phrase. It doesn't sound correct to me, Franco. So, we would avoid that one. Hey, I do wanna pause and say hi to the 313 people watching. If you're new here, there is a subscribe button there. If you click it, you'll get notifications when I put out a new video. Um and also, there are a lot of videos on my channel. If you are new, take some time after the live stream if you have time. Uh, to look at a few of them. I think some of them are quite helpful um from the comments that I've se- I've seen on them. Um let's see here. Tazir says, what to say to a barber? So, there's a slight misspelling there. It's barber if you want a haircut and what are the types of haircuts in general? <laughs> so, I'm not really familiar with all of the different kinds of haircuts or all of the different types of haircuts. I get what's called a buzz cut. So, I have my hair cut with clippers. A clipper is something that goes and then you cut your hair with it. Um so, I get a buzz cut uh, or a crew cut it might be called. Um some people just get a little bit off the top or a little bit off the side. I'm not a uh, I'm not an expert on the types of haircuts. So, um I think that's it. You can also get some more 
crazier haircuts. Um, I won't tell you too much about my youth but I used to a long time ago have curly hair when I was in my teens. I went through a phase where I got what's called a perm so that I had curly hair. I know it's crazy. Teenagers do strange things. So, if I can find a picture of that, I will show it to all of you someday. But yes, when I was 19, I think 18 or 19, I had curly hair. Um, I paid someone to give me what's called a permanent or a perm so that I had curly hair. One little more tidbit about Bob the Canadian for you. Um let's see here. By the way, let me go back. If you're a man, you generally have your hair cut by a barber. If you are a woman, you usually go to a hairdresser um or a stylist. There are a few different words for uh, people who cut your hair for you. Vishnu says, how to improve my writing skills? Please share some useful tips. Well, you just did one. You you left uh, a question for me. So, you did some writing right there. The more opportunities you can find to do writing like leaving comments on YouTube videos, asking questions during live streams, participating in the chat whether it's below or over there. Even those little things are good practice. Um the other thing I would recommend is that if you have an English speaking partner, if you meet with someone that you speak with once a week on Zoom or another uh platform, um see if that person would be willing to also exchange emails with you once or twice a week. That's a great way to practice your writing because you can write them an email and then the next time you talk, you can talk about the email uh that you sent them and they can give you some corrections. Uh let's see here. Um Eduardo is listening to the Black Eyed Peas. Hi, good morning. Hi, Bob. Good morning. What does it mean this phrase? It's from a Black Eyed Peas song. I want you so bad. It's my only wish probably. I think I want you so bad is my only wish. Basically, what it means is that the one person, the person singing is very romantically interested in another person. So, in English, when we say that you want someone, it means that you desire them. You want them to be your partner. Um you want to go on a date with them. You want to uh perhaps kiss them. When you say you want someone, it's kind of a mixture of romantic attraction and physical attraction. Um so basically what the person is saying is that they want someone so bad. They are so attracted to someone that their only wish most likely is to be with that person. They want to be with that person. Uh let's see here. Um (laughs) Arena says, hi teacher Bob. Please explain how to use the phrase give nothing away. Thanks in advance. So, when you tell someone to give nothing away, you what you're telling them is to not give stuff away for free or you're telling them to not reveal a secret, okay? So, let me give you two examples. Um I could say to my son, you have lots of extra maybe my son has hockey cards or football cards or or um baseball cards and I could say when you go to school, give nothing away, okay? So, that's the the normal version of it, okay? It means don't don't give your cards to other people. Don't give things away to people. But what it really means probably in the sense you're asking is don't reveal a secret. So, I could say we're having a party for my sister. When you talk to her, don't give anything away. Give nothing away when you're talking to her. You can see I'm flipping between anything and nothing. It's just a a way you use the phrase. So, I could say give nothing away when you're talking to my sister. Because we're planning a secret party for her or a surprise party. So, it means 
to not reveal a secret. Um, let me see here. Next question from Vanch. Um, Vanch says, hi, Bob. I hope you were doing great. I'm doing pretty good. I'm also good. Oh, that's good to hear, Vanch. Um, can you please tell the correct use of hairs and hair to me? Thanks and love from India. So, I have a lot of hair on my head. Um, I have a lot of hair on my face. I have hair on my arm. So, generally, you're using it without an S, okay? Even though, obviously, there's more than one, you would just say um, your hair. But, I could say um, when I'm cold, the hairs on my arm stand up. I can refer to them in the plural, okay? Um, Let me see. How else would I use hairs? Um, We almost always just say hair because I could even say the hair on my arms was standing up, right? Like I was shivering and the hairs were standing up or the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. So, tricky. That's a tricky one. I gave a few example sentences there. I hope that is helpful. Uh, Let me see here. Brian. Yeah, Brian, I don't know these words. So, I'm gonna skip them, okay? They don't look like regular English words to me um, and I don't know exactly what they mean. I don't wanna say them because they might have strange meaning. So, Brian from Columbia, I'm gonna skip your question. Those words are not familiar to me just so you know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Philippe says, Bob, you are an excellent teacher. Thank you for everything. Subtitles are very helpful to me. So, most of my videos have word for word English subtitles. The live lessons have subtitles usually a few hours later. Sometimes, it's a whole day later or longer and some people feel like subtitles are a bad thing that you should not use them but I think subtitles can be good. I often recommend that people watch my live lessons a second time And if there were parts you didn't understand, watch them with the subtitles on. So, Philip, I agree with you. Subtitles can be quite handy. It's important though not to use them all the time. That can be a little bit of a, that can be a bad idea. You don't wanna use them too much because you get used to them and you're doing more reading than actually listening then. Um, let's see here. Ramon from Spain. Hi, Bob. Hope you're keeping well. Around these parts, we usually address teachers as teacher or by their first names. How should we address a teacher in the classroom? So, generally, in a high school in Canada, a student will address me either as sir, although that's becoming more rare, or they will use mister and then my last name, okay? Some students will call me teacher. They'll just say, teacher, can you help me with this question? It's kind of a funny way to address a teacher though. It's it's somewhat familiar uh, and we do not ever refer to teachers by their first names. Even if I took a night class and if the teacher was younger than me, I would probably still call them Mr. Smith or Mrs. Jones uh, because that's the formal and respectful way to refer to a teacher. Let's see here. Ruslan has the next question. Hi, Ruslan. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you, dear teacher? I am good. Thank you for asking. Do you like to visit ski resorts in Canada during the winter? Best wishes, sir. So, a long time ago when I was younger um, and before we had children, Jen and I would go skiing. Um, I went skiing with my brother-in-law every once in a while Um, but we haven't been skiing for a very long time. We often mention that someday we might start to ski again. Ski resorts are really fun places to visit 
although they are a little bit expensive. So, you do have to have um a little bit of extra money to visit them. So, I think when we started having kids, we were spending more money raising our kids and there wasn't a lot of money left over to go to a ski resort. Uh hey, I wanna pause and say hi to the 417 people watching. Again, there is a subscribe button right there if you are interested in joining my channel or if you're interested in subscribing to my channel. I think I can also put a link right here. Let me see if I can do that. I'm pretty sure that I'm able to get Nightbot to put a link in the chat and then when it pops up, I think I can even do this. I think I can go and click it and then I can pin it to the top. Huh. I've never done that before. Uh anyways, there's a link at the top of the chat. If you click it, you will subscribe to my channel. It's totally free. Um and if you uh do that, you'll get notified when I make new videos. Let's get to the next question though. Mohammed says, hello, teacher Bob. What is the best way to improve our accent? Thanks. So, if you're working by yourself, Mohammed, I would start speaking out loud as much as you can. Having a good accent or improving your accent is also about improving the muscles you use to make the sounds. So, you do need to speak English a lot to improve those muscles. When I speak French, it's difficult for me to roll my R's but the more I practice, the easier it gets. So, I would do that. Read out loud. Uh talk out loud. Talk about the things you're doing as you do them. The second thing you can do is hire a pronunciation coach or if you talk to someone each week in English, have them give you some feedback on things you can do to improve your accent, okay? So, those are two things. One, it's like exercise, okay? If you want to be better at running, you have to practice running. If you want to be better at speaking, you're also using muscles. So, you need to do a lot of speaking. Uh c'est très très difficile pour moi d'utiliser le le lettre R. The letter R for me in French is very difficult. It comes out as a like a sound. It's not the right sound. I try though. Let's see here. Lolly Lolly says, Bonjour Bob le Canadien. Est-ce que c'est vrai qu'on peut apprendre l'anglais? Can you learn English? <laughs> Sorry, I switched to French. Um, Hello, Bob. Is it true that you can learn English in your sleep? Hmm. Merci, Bob. So, there are theories that if you play English music or if you play a podcast while you are sleeping, it will help you learn English. I can't say whether that works or not. What I can tell you is this. It would not work for me because I wouldn't sleep very well. I need to have a good night's sleep in order to be um a good functioning human being. So, I think for me, that wouldn't work. For other people, that might work. You might be able to learn a little bit of English while you are sleeping. Um I'm not sure. It for me, it would be better to sleep quietly with no with nothing in the room playing and then be energetic the next day and learn things well the next day. So, I don't know. Interesting question though. Let's see here. Um Gemma says, hello, Bob. How is your day? Good so far. Could you please say if there is a difference between as always and as usual? So, as always, I have my cup of water uh that I can sip from during the live stream. Um as usual, I have my cup of water here. There is very little difference. Um 
As always, my throat gets a little sore while I talk for an hour. As usual, my throat gets a little sore as I talk for an hour. So, very, very similar. Um, but we will flip between them as English speakers and uh, depend, I'm not sure why. They mean almost the same thing but we might choose one over the other um, for some random reason. So, let's see here. Marion says, when do I have to use without, no and with no? Thanks in advance. So, I will have that tea with no sugar. I will have that tea without sugar. I will have some tea, no sugar please. So, there, I think that's the direction you're going. Let me repeat that. Let's pretend I'm ordering a cup of tea and if they said, do you want that with or without sugar? They could also say with sugar or no sugar. They could also say um with sugar or with no sugar. So, let me repeat that. With or without sugar? I'll have it with sugar. I'll have it without sugar. Do you want this with sugar or no sugar? I could say, I'll have it with sugar. And then they could say, would you have would you like this with sugar or with no sugar? So, they they're kind of interchangeable and they're definitely used a lot when ordering things like do you want that with or without fries? Do you want fries or no fries? Do you want that with fries or do you want that with no fries? All of those are things you would hear when ordering food in a restaurant. Um David says, hi teacher Bob. I'd like to know if there is any other meanings for the word whopping besides enormous. No, we would use that word to describe something that's very very big David for sure. Like it was just a a whopping storm. I don't use the word whopping a lot but it definitely means large or enormous. So, uh let's see here. Um so, Brent from American English with this guy is saying, I don't think it works either. I think you remember while you're awake without even knowing though. Yeah, I think you're talking about this this listening while you sleep. I don't know. I would like to try it but I gotta be honest. Sleep is so important to me. I don't wanna risk a night's sleep by trying out whether listening to something would help me remember it. Uh next question. Um Jose says, hello teacher. I went to the United States and learned English but I'm wondering about forgetting this language because I came back to my country. What could I do? So, here's what's really important about a language. If you don't use a language regularly, you will start to forget some parts of it. I think it's easy to relearn or to pick it up again but I think the best thing you could do Jose is to find someone that you can speak English with once a week and I would certainly add in a little bit of English reading and I would watch some television or watch a movie or two each month in English as well because it will fade a little bit. When something fades, it means you start to forget it. Um it's not like riding a bike. In English, when you say something is like riding a bike, it means it's something you will never forget but certainly when you learn a language, um you have to keep actively using it just a little bit each week so that you don't forget things. So, reading, watch some English TV uh and find someone to talk to once a week even just for half an hour. I think that would be very very helpful. Let's see here. Um next question is from Alex. Hello, Professor Bob. Do you think learning all of the tenses is important to have a fluent conversation in English? And I continue looking for a partner. Kudos to you. Well, I hope you find someone. That's awesome that you're looking for someone. Do you need to learn all the tenses? So, there are a lot of theories about learning grammar. My theory is that you should study some grammar. You should be able to talk about 
the things you are doing. You should be able to use what's called the present continuous. Like I am drinking some water. I am doing a live stream. I am enjoying myself right now. You should be able to talk about things you're going to do. Like I'm going to have a nap later today. I will go to the store and you should be able to talk about things you did in the past. Like yesterday I had a nap or yesterday I ate some pizza. Beyond that, you might wanna just learn a few other little tenses here and there um but you can get by with those three tenses fairly well in English. When we say that you can get by, it means that people will be able to understand you if you know those if you're able to talk about the present, the future and the past. That's that's key. Um but do you need to spend hours on end studying grammar? I don't think so. I think listening is better. The more you listen, the more you will pick up. Um let's see here. Johan from Quebec. Hi, Bob. Could we say I misspoke? Yes. I think there's an extra S in your spelling though but I'm not 100% sure. But when you say, oh, sorry, I misspoke. It means you said something wrong, okay? So, if I said to my mom, um, hey, I'll come to your house at three o'clock and then if I showed up at four, And my mom was like, I thought you said you would be here at three. I could say, oh, sorry, mom. I misspoke. Basically, it doesn't, it's not lying. It's uh, it's just that you made a mistake. You, you said something wrong. So, you could say, oh, I misspoke. Um, let's see. Next question. Next question is from Sharon. Hello, teacher Bob. Please help me to understand this sentence. All that experience is also for me wrapped up in a lot of your writing staff. Thank you. So, what they're saying is that you probably have a lot of experience but your staff, all of the people you work with also have a lot of experience. When something is wrapped up in something else, it means it's connected. Okay? So, a lot of my teaching on YouTube is wrapped up with my other skills. I like technology. I like teaching. I like teaching French. That helps me teach English. It's all wrapped up together. So, that's what wrapped up means. And then writing staff would just be um a group of people who do writing. Hey folks, give me one second here. I'm gonna make a small adjustment. Um let me check here. Um what do I need to click? I'm turning on members only chat is what I'm doing right now. If you're wondering why I'm looking at my screen and not looking at all of you. Right now, it is an opportunity for those of you who are members to ask questions directly in the chat. Let me explain though what members are. You can join this channel by clicking the join button below. If you do, you get an extra video every week. You get a slower version of a Tuesday video with really good subtitles. You get a crown beside your name during live streams. If you see the people over there, They get their name in green and a small crown and during every live lesson, you get to ask questions in the chat for about 10 minutes. So, we're at that point now. If you are a member, feel free to ask questions directly in the chat. While we're doing that, I will continue to answer questions from everyone else. Uh, Natalia has the next question and the question is, what does it mean I put my foot down? Oh, one sec here. I was gonna do something. I think this is the right one. We'll see in a moment. I was gonna put the link for becoming a member. I think I I put the wrong word in there. I think, oh no, there it is. And now I can do this. In good. So, Natalia says, what does it mean I put my foot down? 
Can you please talk a little bit about adjectives from the sentence? I love the vigorous sprawling city. So, when you put your foot down, it means that you want someone to do something and you're going to make them do it. Okay? So, if my let's say one of my kids was going to go to school without a winter coat on and I said, you have to wear a winter coat and they said, no. If I put my foot down as a parent, I would say, you can't leave until you have a winter coat on. So, I am enforcing a rule. When you put your foot down, you are enforcing a rule. And then in your second sentence, I love the vigorous sprawling city. A vigorous city just has lots of people and there's lots of activity. Kind of the opposite of what cities look like now. So, if you went to a vigorous city, there would be people on the sidewalk and people shopping and cars and buses on the road. It would just be very active. A sprawling city is a city that's very spread out. A lot of European cities aren't very aren't sprawling. A lot of American cities are very sprawling cities. They're very spread out. So, uh thanks Mark ML for becoming a member. That's awesome of you. Thank you for supporting the work I do. And Natalia, that was a great question. Thank you. Let's see here. Lolly says, let me back up. Lolly, I am well. I am good. Same meaning? Yes, they are the same meaning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you today? I'm well. You can say both. They're both very informal but you can say both. Um Julia says, good evening dear teacher. My question is about the word acknowledge. Does it have any specific meaning that makes it different from realize? When you acknowledge something, it means you you say that you know it. So, if you say if someone says, um do you know how to make bread? I could acknowledge that I know how to make bread. It means I say yes, I know how to make bread. Um realize is a little different though. Realize is when you I was gonna use realize. Realize is when you're aware all of the sudden that you can do something. So, when you acknowledge something, you admit you can do it. When you realize something, you maybe didn't know you could do it and all of a sudden, you realize that you can do it. You start to know that you can do it. Um Brent from American English with this guy says, the crown is key and the awesome emojis. Oh, I forgot about that. If you become a member, you can also use emojis. Hey, thanks to uh Mal Hassa for becoming a member as well. Awesome of you. Thank you for joining and uh, becoming a member of the channel. Uh Johan says, hi Bob. Is it better to say it's cooler or colder? It depends on the temperature. So, in Canada, when we say, oh, it's cooler outside than yesterday, we mean it's just a little bit colder. But if I say, oh, it's colder outside than yesterday, it's a lot colder. So, cool and cooler are verbs or sorry, are descriptions we use in the fall and spring a lot. You know, oh, it's a it's a it's a cooler day out today than yesterday. But in the winter, we almost always use cold. Like it's cold. Oh, it's colder than yesterday. So, it's just again a degree. Uh Sam the Taiwanese. Hi, teacher Bob. Do you need to swap the snow tire for the car in the winter season and how do people swap the snow tires in Canada? They do it by themselves or just go to a garage? We have already put the snow tires on our vehicles. I get the snow tires put on my vehicles at the garage when the vehicle goes in for an oil change usually at the end of October or beginning of November. So, I don't do it myself. Many people I know though change their tires themselves, okay? Uh and they'll just take their snow tire their normal tires off and put snow tires on. Um but yes, both my vehicles have their snow tires on already. Uh Juniarto says, hello, sir Bob. Can you tell me how to make correct question sentences? Thank you. 
So, when you ask a question in English, there's like a formal way to do it where you can say, um, what are you doing? So, it's like, what are you doing? And if you listen to me say it, it it does kind of go up at the end. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, what are you doing over there? Um, so, I guess depends on where you're at in your English learning. The basic way to ask questions is to make sure you know all of the question words like who, what, where, when, why. Who, what, where, when. (laughs) Am I getting them all? What, where, when, why, how. Make sure you know all of those and how they work. Um make sure you know the meaning in your own language of those. That's very helpful. Rod says, Mr. Bob, we had 41 degrees Celsius temperature yesterday. Have you ever thought spending Christmas without snow? No. So, Rod, many people in Canada go south for the winter but most of them leave after Christmas. So, many older retired people don't like the winter in Canada but they usually stay until after Christmas and then they might go to Florida or another part of the United States. Many Canadians who are retired actually go and live in Brent's country during the winter. Um they just like it better because it's warmer. Julia says, welcome new members. Thanks, Julia, for doing that. It's nice to welcome people. Lolly Lolly says, merci, Bob. Uh, Anuat says, should I have my own filler word and interjection word in English? Thanks. No, but you should memorize words and phrases you can use when you're having trouble thinking of something. I'm trying to think of a good example. In English, we say, um, a lot. And that's not a good thing to say. You should probably um here's an example. If I was talking about something I did yesterday and I was having trouble remembering, I might say things like, so yesterday while I was going to the store, here's a funny story. I think you'll like this story. So, you hear those two sentences? Here's a funny story. I think you'll like this story because maybe I'm trying to think of what to say next and so, I'll add some filler sentences or phrases. So, If you can learn some of those, that would be a good thing to do. There's a lot of YouTube videos where people teach you those things. Uh welcome Toby to the channel. Thank you so much for becoming a member. That's awesome of you. Um let's see here. Mark, new member says, good morning, Mr. Bob. Thank you very much for your great online course. Can you leave your email address? I not only want to learn English from you but also want to buy some soybeans with you. Thanks. Well, my email address is available on the channel but it's usually just for business inquiries Um, and I don't usually sell soybeans directly to people. I sell them all at once to the large feed mill down the road. Julia says, thank you. Awesome. Again, Toby has joined as a member. Thank you for joining. Panthera Nori, teacher Bob, If I read this, someone is pulling your leg. This can mean someone tries to tease you. So, with kidding and jokes. Yeah, it actually means they're telling little lies to you. Like, if I said, I'm 57 years old. I'm just gonna tell everyone I'm 50. You could say, nah, you're pulling my leg. And then I would say, yes, it's not true. So, when someone is pulling your leg, they're telling you something that's not true because they think it's funny to do that. So, that's what it would mean. Uh, American English with this guy says, Do you use the term snowbirds in Canada for those people who go south for the winter? Yes, they are called the snowbirds. Um right now, the snowbirds aren't happy though because the snowbirds can't go to Florida this winter. By the way, snowbirds go to more states than just Florida. They go to uh Alabama. They go to Florida. They go to Georgia. They go to South Carolina. 
They go to many of the southern states where it's warmer in the winter. Um, Toby says, hello. Hello, Toby. Welcome to the channel. Julia says, hello, Toby. And Huang Vo says, hi, Bob. Thank you so much. Your videos are very interesting. Close to daily live, easy to understand with your examples and funny too. I really enjoyed them. Sorry, I really enjoy it. That means a lot to English learners like me. So, I'm gonna flip your ass for like there. Uh, you're welcome, Huang. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, I've been doing this almost four years now. I still like it. I still have lots of energy. People still seem to like the lessons I make. So, that's good too. <laughs> I haven't gotten boring yet. Uh, so, thanks for the kind words, Huang. That's very nice of you. Uh, and if you didn't know, I do have a second channel called Bob's Short English Lessons. Uh, I can put a link to it for you in a sec. Just give me a minute here. Nightbot will share a link uh, where I do four smaller lessons every week and I tend to talk a little bit faster. So, it might be good for some of the more advanced people out there. Uh, Ernani says, hi boy teacher Bob. Imani from Brazil. Hello, uh, Imani. I hope things are going well down there in Brazil. Uh, Huang Vo says, I appreciate all you did for us. No problem, Huang. I enjoy doing it. Panthera Nori says, totally clear what pulling someone leg, someone's leg means. Thank you so much, dear teacher Bob. You're welcome, Panthera. Um, let me see what the next question is. Um, let's see here. Vera says, when we have done something in the past and we have a result in the present, we use the present perfect tense. But I often notice that natives say things like this, I did it. Why? I'm not sure why. We flip around with our tenses quite a bit in informal conversation. Um if I said, oh, I'm gonna share a link in the chat. There, I did it. So, I don't say I am doing it. I don't say I do it. I say I did it because it's done but it it's not really done. It's still happening, right? So, Vera, the best thing to do is a lot of listening. Um it's good to learn the tenses but it's really good to just listen to how English speakers use them. Let's see here. Um Kismo says, hi teacher Bob. I'm confused about the phrase anything but and nothing but. Can you explain it? Thanks. So, um in the lesson yesterday, I talked about crazy things people do um and I would do almost anything. No, I wouldn't do anything on the list. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of anything but. I would do anything but bungee jumping. So, you're talking about let's say there are things you could do and you would do most of them but there's one or two you wouldn't do. Then you would use anything but, okay? So, when it comes to um whitewater rafting and uh let's see. Whitewater rafting. What was the other thing I said I might do? Not bungee jumping. I would do anything but bungee jumping. So, there's an example for you. Um When you use nothing but though, you're excluding things. So, you can use a sentence like uh nothing but the best. There I I will not yeah, I'm using them interchangeably a bit there. I'm gonna stop explaining this because I think I'm doing a bad job um but I would say this. Nothing but the best will do for my viewers, okay? That means that I will only create content that I think is really, really good. So, nothing but the best for all of you. There, there's a good example of that sentence. Let's see. Um Johnny from Brazil says, hi, Big Bear. I have noticed that there are a bunch of memes out there making fun of Canadians being too polite. 
<laughs> Why is that? I mean, that's a good thing, right? So, Canadians make fun of themselves for being too polite. Um, maybe that's what you're seeing. We don't often make fun of other people for being too polite or we don't often have people from other countries make fun of us for being too polite. They might but this is what I always like to say to people. Canadians are very polite until they're not polite. We are not pushovers. So, we are a very I think kind and peaceful and gentle nation until the point where we aren't anymore. And this is how I explain it the other way. I always say Canadians are really nice but we also play hockey which is a very aggressive sometimes violent sport. So, you have to realize that the nice big uh Canadian guy with the beard looks really nice and he is really nice but he's not a pushover. If you try to be mean to him, he's not gonna just back away. So, hopefully that made some sense. Just imagine in your head that most kind gentle Canadians also are quite willing to play a rough game called hockey. So, we're a little bit of both. Uh let me check where I'm at here. I am going to flip the chat back to everybody chat. So, just give me a second to do that. And then let me get over here. So, we have Victor Peng has become a member. Thank you so much, Victor. That is awesome of you. Thank you for joining the channel and thank you for supporting me in the work I do. Uh let's see here. American English with this guy says, Canadians are some of the most polite people I know. We try to be. Um Lolly welcomes Victor. Thank you for welcoming. And Victor says, hi, Bob. Can you explain present perfect tense to me? Thank you. So, Victor, I don't generally explain verb tenses during these live streams. It's better off if you find a video that's six or seven minutes long where an English teacher explains it in detail because then you'll know all of the exceptions and all of the different aspects of it. So, sorry, I don't usually do uh very much grammar if any during the live lesson. So, sorry about that. Uh, Let's see here. American English with this guy. Maybe Canadians walk softly but carry a big stick. Yes, it's a big hockey stick. (laughs) So, Brent's phrase, uh Brent, American English from this guy. There's a phrase in English, walk softly or speak softly and carry a big stick. It basically means be kind and gentle when you need to be but if someone's going to be a little bit mean to you, don't put up with it. So, that's a good one. Um and then anything but you highlight something as an exception. Maybe it's quite close to it. Yes, you definitely do that Panthera for sure. Panthera for sure. Uh let's see here. Um next question is from Aman says, hi, great teacher. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Can you I'm smiling because you said great teacher. I don't think I'm a great teacher. I'm just someone that keeps doing this and people seem to like it. So, I'll keep doing it. But thank you, Amanj, for the kind words. Can you describe the meaning of loose end? Thanks a lot. So, it's loose end that you're talking about. When there is a loose end, it's something that's not done, okay? At the end of a teaching semester, I have to make sure all of the student work is graded. If there are one or two things that aren't graded, I would call them loose ends. You want to make sure the whole job is done. If there is a loose end, it's something that is not finished on a project or a job. So, you want to make sure that there are no loose ends for sure. Hey, I should pause and say hi to the 464 people watching. If you're new here, there's a subscribe button there. 
uh, subscribe. I think you'll like it. Maybe you won't, but subscribe anyways. Uh, watch a few of my videos over the next couple of weeks and then decide. But at least you'll get notified when I make a new video. Uh, let's see here. Um, Ario says, Ola, Mr. Bob, what does bender mean? Example, Avatar Aang and Avatar Korra are airbenders, controller. So, first of all, your usage of bender is very unique to that cartoon, okay? So, the last airbender is able to control air. Actually, I think Aang can control more than just air. Anyways, yes, in that situation, bender means to control something. It can also be someone whose job is to bend things. You know, maybe he is someone who bends metal. So, he's a bender. But there's also a term where bender can mean to drink a lot on for a, over a period of time. Like, you can go on a bender. So, someone on the weekend might go out to the bar and they might go on a bender. It means that they drink a lot over several hours. So, a couple different meanings there. Your meaning though, Ario, is very unique to that cartoon, the airbender. Um, let's see here. Zin Lin Chun says, hi, teacher Bob. I, I'm from Myanmar. Could you tell me about Thanksgiving? Yes, there are two Thanksgivings. I'm Canadian. So, we had Thanksgiving in October. Brent from American English with this guy is American. So, it's actually Thanksgiving for him right now. Thursday technically is Thanksgiving day, I think in the United States, but it is Thanksgiving weekend in the United States. So, there's two Thanksgivings. It is a time where usually in normal times, you get together with family. Both countries celebrate in very much the same way. We usually have turkey dinner. Uh, We get together with family and have a big meal. Brent, I'm sure, would be doing the same thing. The only small difference is the Americans tend to watch football during Thanksgiving and Canadians don't. So, uh, it's just a day to be thankful for all of the things that you have in the world. Um, let's see here. Actor. Actor says, hi, Bob. How can I improve my grammar? So, again, you do need to study a little bit of grammar. I would say probably the best way to learn grammar is by watching YouTube videos. I don't do a lot of lessons on grammar but there are some very good lessons on YouTube. Uh, The second way to learn would be to take an English class and to have a teacher teach you grammar. Learning grammar on your own works but uh yeah, I think there are some really good teachers on YouTube that could do a good job of teaching you grammar for sure. Let me see where I am here. Ooh, there are a lot of questions. Let's see how far I can get. I'm going to keep going here. Um, Angel from Mexico says, hi, Bob. How many hours do you spend per day learning French? Thanks. So, it really depends. I try the book I'm currently reading. I'm reading in French. So, about 30 minutes a day of reading. Um, I try to listen to French music as often as I can. Um, So, maybe 15 minutes of listening to French music. I try to watch the news a couple times a week in French. So, that's about 30 minutes twice a week. Um I talk to my French friend for 30 minutes in French once a week. Um my goal is to spend about an hour of my life a day from Monday to Friday doing something in French. I don't always succeed but I think I do enough. Um I also teach a French class. So, I end up speaking French for quite a bit as well during the day. 
Let's see here. Um, SL Lankin says, hi, Bob. Could you explain the meaning of lay person? Is this word has relation with the words mundane and temporal? Thank you. So, a lay person is someone who is not an expert. Um, Generally, it does have a a religious aspect as well. Here we go. A non-ordained member of a church or a person without professional or specialized knowledge in a particular subject. So, it's a person who does a certain job that doesn't have a lot of training to do that job. You could call them a lay person but it also has a religious overtone and I don't know the exact details of that but it's a person who I was gonna say it's a person who's not special. That's not a very nice way to put it but uh yes, it definitely has that. Uh let's see here. Alien Sarah says, hi sir from Algeria. What's the meaning of zero in? So, I'm gonna leave the word out off of this. We're gonna talk about the phrase zero in. When you zero in on something, if you're looking at three or four things and then you're looking at two and then you're zeroing in on the answer. So, it's when you go through a process of finding the thing you want or the answer you want. You zero in on it. So, usually it means let's say I was trying to pick out what breakfast cereal to buy for my kids. I would look at all the breakfast cereals And then I would look at the ones they like and then eventually I would look at the ones on sale and I would zero in on the one that I wanted to buy. So, it's a process. It describes making choices. Not always when you're buying things but almost everything. Uh, Let's see here. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. By the way, I like to mention always that Rod who is in the chat and is very helpful in the chat also has a YouTube channel. You should check it out. He has a lot of great videos. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I think he's talking to Brent. I think that one's, I think that one actually comes out in seven minutes. I think you should check out his channel. Um, anyways, hello, Mr. Bob. Have a great Sunday. I wonder how you're celebrating the holidays this year. Any major changes for 2020? Thanks so much. So, um, we aren't really celebrating the holidays. We will have a Christmas dinner with our children. We are not visiting Jen's parents. We are not visiting my mom. I will probably go on a warmer day and sit outside in the snow. <laughs> I'll bring a chair but I'll probably sit outside and my mom will sit on her back porch and we'll talk and we'll have a little bit of uh, just some conversation but uh we are not doing any big celebrations this year. So, normally we would visit Jen's parents. We would see all of my cousins and see uh all of Jen's brothers and sisters and my brothers and sisters. None of that is happening this year. We if we do anything, it will be very short and it will be outside. So, even though it's winter, Rod, we might have a campfire uh during the Christmas holidays and my brothers and sisters might come over for that but uh nothing inside and nothing um nothing like any other year. It's gonna be a very quiet Christmas. Uh let's see here. Um how could I say on the contrary in a more formal way? So, if someone says they think something and then they want to say kind of the opposite, they might say on the contrary, you know, you might say chocolate's not good for you. If you eat too much of it, you can put on weight. But on the contrary, chocolate has some aspects that are good for you. You can say on the other hand, on the contrary, you could also just say but <laughs> that's probably the most informal thing way to say it. Instead of saying on the contrary, you just say but in your sentence. You know, exercise is a lot of fun but 
sometimes you hurt yourself. So, that didn't quite make sense but it, I think you get my point. Um, let's see here. Andre asks, hi, Bob. Have you ever met a person with hearing impairment that managed to learn English at a conversational level? Thank you very much. I have not personally met someone who had a challenge with their learning either through their ability to speak or hear but I think that people can overcome a lot um depending on the degree of the hearing impairment. If it's not a severe impairment, it would probably be a little easier but um Andre, I'm not sure. I have not met someone. Um I will do some research though. I will talk to the teacher at school who has a little more experience with that and ask uh, what she knows about it because that's a good question. I like that question. Let's see here. Um Shaya says, hi, Bob. Tomorrow will be the first day in school. (laughs) And I want to know what activity or welcome sentence you say to your students. I just say welcome. I just say welcome to class. Welcome to school. It's good to see you. Have a seat. There's no seating arrangement today. Find a seat. How are you doing? How was your break? If they're coming back from a break, how was your break? Um, Did anyone do anything fun over the break that they would like to share? Uh, but basically, I'm just very welcoming. Like, welcome. Welcome to the classroom. Welcome to school. Um, welcome to French class. Welcome to business class. You can use the name of the class as well. But definitely, I use the word welcome quite a bit. Let's see here. Um, next question is from Swapna. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you? I'm good. Which sentence is correct? Let me read them quietly and I'll read the one out loud that is correct. Oh, they're both right. She is writing an exam. Make sure you use an though, A-N. She is writing an exam or she is taking an exam. Um, I heard writing an exam is wrong. No, they're in Canada, in my school and in Canada, you could say either. You could say, when are students writing exams? Oh, they're writing exams in a few weeks. When are students taking exams? They're going to be taking exams in a few weeks. We use both. We use them interchangeably. I can't speak though for, I think in the United States, it would be the same. Uh, I don't know about in Britain though, uh, with British English, but in Canada, you can say, say either like, oh, um, when I was younger, I hated writing exams. When I was younger, I hated taking exams. You can totally use both. Let's see here. Manaka says, what does it mean when someone calls a person a jerk? Thanks a lot. It means that they're not a nice person. It means they've done mean things. If you say that guy's a jerk, basically what you're saying is he's not kind. He's not friendly. He does mean things to people. Um, maybe he lies. Maybe he, he's just not a nice person. Yeah. Jerks aren't very nice people at all. Let's see here. Um, next question is from Abel. Abel says, hi, Bob. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I am. What does the phrase stick up for someone mean? Is it rarely used or not? It is used quite regularly. When you stick up for someone, it means you defend them. If there were three students and one student was making fun of the other student and the third student said, stop, this student would be sticking up for the other student. When you stick up for someone, it means you you tell someone to stop doing mean things to that person. Um, Oftentimes in a family, um, kids will fight with their brothers and sisters at home, but at school, they will stick up for each other. So if, uh, when I was a kid, when I went to school, my older brother would stick up for me 
if someone tried to bother me. That was very very nice of him. Um let's see here. Next question. Uh Martin, I don't quite understand the question but may I ask do sophisticated grammar structure So, I think what Martin is asking is do we use sophisticated grammar structures in academic settings? When you write in English, it is a lot more formal than when you speak but there is a blurring lately. A lot of the informal things we use when we talk do appear in writing as well. So, sorry Martin, I didn't quite answer your question well but I I I didn't quite understand it. So, sorry about that. Um Isam says, good morning teacher Bob. How are you? Do you say the battery of your phone is depleted or the battery is falling down? You would say that your battery is low. You would say that your battery is running out or your phone's running out of power. You might say your battery is dead. If your phone weren't won't turn on, you would say the battery is dead. You might just say, I need to charge my phone. It's like, oh, the my my the battery on my phone's going dead. I need to charge my phone. That would be a very common phrase. Um can I use a, do you have a charger? My phone is going dead and I want to charge it. So, I would say going dead is probably a very common phrase. Uh let me just check something here for a moment. I don't think I will be able to answer everything. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this up everybody. Sorry, I know there are there's just too many questions left. Um Yeah, there's over 40 questions left. So, I won't get through them. So, I'm not gonna go extra long today. Um I do want to say thank you to all of you for being here. I know it seems sudden. All of a sudden, I'm stopping the lesson but it has been one hour. It has been a good hour. I tried my best to answer as many questions as I could. I do want to remind the 500 people watching. Actually, it was 499. I rounded up. Uh that there is a subscribe button there. Click it if you want to subscribe to this channel. Thanks to Todd and Dave for being here in the chat and keeping things civil. Keeping things organized and well run. Thanks to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher and Brent from American English with this guy for being in the chat and interacting as well. Both of you are awesome. Again, both of them have YouTube channels. You should visit them sometime. Uh and then uh just have a good day. It's a nice Saturday here. I know for some of you, it's evening already. Um I know we live in a kind of a crazy world where we can't go out and do a lot of things but just try to enjoy your day. Read a good book. Maybe watch a good movie. Maybe spend time with the family that you do live with right now um and I'll see you on Tuesday with another lesson. So, anyways, bye everybody. Have a great day. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.